Hi, this is Carolyn, and I'm here with Aaron, and we thought we would do a 2021 recap. We've had an incredible year. I've had so much fun doing these episodes with you, Aaron. Yeah, I have too. It's been, we um, are doing this longer than we originally thought we would because we're on such a roll. We're just having so much fun and learning, learning lots of new skills, not just podcasting, but all kinds of new skills. Yes. And we want to thank everybody out there that's nominated us for awards. We won an award at our state level, which is North Carolina, and then out of the Southern District. And then we won a national award. So we can't thank the listeners enough who listen to the podcast, which we really appreciate, and also who nominated us. Yeah, it's been, uh, we're going to go accept those awards um, two different weekends in January. And we'll actually get to meet some of the people that we've interviewed in person, which is really cool. We get to go to some USTA meetings. So I think you and I will probably need to take a pad and paper and like yes. write down a whole <laughs> bunch of notes on all the new episode ideas um, that we'll have that will come out of that. And I'm sure we'll get ideas from, you know, from people when we're there too. So it's going to be fun. Yeah, I cannot wait. And for those of you that are listening, we hope you do check out our website, which is secondsirpodcast.com. Aaron's done a fantastic job putting on all the episodes that we've ever done at one place at the website and also a really cool resources page with all the websites that we go to. Um, Aaron, can you talk a little bit about that? The Yeah. So Carolyn had this great idea to put together a resources page and put like uh, links to all the places that we go and that we've talked about on different episodes like um, rules. Uh, so we have what Carolyn friend of court, we have stump the ump section, we had rebel good on for several episodes in 2021. And um, he's got a column that we link to um, for his like, those weird things that happen on the court once in a great while that nobody knows, you know, what the answer what the rule is. Um, and then what else is on there, Carolyn? All the ratings websites we That's go right. to, like USTA's website, um, Tennis Record, Tennis League Stats, UTR, all the places that I know I go to after I mm-hmm. play a match and to see like how someone's rated. So yeah. <laughs> we put that and, all in the same place for you. Yeah. And gear, we, we just put a couple, um, you know, a couple links to like places that you can buy, you know, clothes, equipment, whatever you want online. So there's lots of stuff there and we're just going to keep on adding to it. And the cool thing that the thing that I like most about the website, it, it actually helps me. I hope it helps, you know, listeners. But if um, anything that we've recorded, so we're at like, I don't know, 90 some episodes now, which is crazy. But um, we because they're all on the website, everything is searchable. So if there's a certain topic that someone's interested in, or literally even just a word like, you know, we had Marilyn Sherman on from USTA National, and you could literally go on the website and just type in Marilyn, you know, or if you want to look up rules, you know, if you want to, or crazy situations or the word drama or whatever you're interested in any, you know, any of our episodes that have those words in them will pop up in that search feature. So I use that all the time. I do too. I do too. Yeah. Whenever I you want and to I go to the website the thing. most out of everybody. <laughs> I know. Is anyone else going to the website? Let us know. <laughs> Some people are. I can tell, but you and I probably have the most. <laughs> yes, for sure. 
For sure. But I've also learned a ton from our guests this year, and we thought it would be good to go through and kind of recap what we've learned. I know I'm a completely different player, or at least I'm trying to be. Um, The first one that I could think off off the top of my head is Gigi Fernandez. She's a 17-time Grand Slam champion, and she gave us all this great advice. But one of the things she mentioned for adult recreational players was plan switches because we're too slow to poach just normally, um, so that we should plan to switch. And I know um, we've done it a couple times and it's worked. Yeah, we did a, um, we practiced it that way a lot. And then we had a tournament that we kind of implemented. And actually, Carolyn, the funny thing about that tournament was um, we had uh, some of our opponents doing different formations on us, um, which is funny because Carolyn and I practice different formations um, a lot based on Gigi's advice. So it's funny to have it done against us and to kind of know how to defend or, or I guess, you know, either be offensive against it or, or defend against it. But yeah. And Gigi was one of the first ones too. She was so um, just generous with her time that we were like, Oh, we just do these 10, 15 minute episodes. You know, we don't, we won't take up much of your time. And she was like, let's talk forever. And then you could just cut it up. So we've done these, you know, several times that we've talked to people, we've done these, you know, two or three part, like sort of mini series, you know, with our guests, which that's kind of been fun too. Yes. Yes. And I also, I'm thinking of somebody else, a teaching pro was Malik from the Raleigh Racket yeah. Club and his wife, Adna, who's a beginner. And I really liked his advice, which is just, get out there and play. You Mm -hmm. don't have to take all these lessons or clinics. You can, but just keep getting out there and playing and you will get better. Yeah. Like a live ball, he was saying, right? So yeah, you can get a ball fed to you all day from a pro that's going to feed it pretty well in your strike zone. But when you actually get out there and start playing and that's what his wife did. And um, she was great. Um, again, she stuck around after Malik actually had to leave um, after, you know, I don't know, 15 minutes of recording with him because he was going to a lesson um, that evening and Adna stuck around and she just had great advice for beginners. She just had all that, you know, kind of fresh, you know, all the stuff that we forget now that we've been playing for so long. But, yeah. um, you know, she just had great advice for beginners, which I thought was wonderful. Yes. Yeah. And I'm also thinking there are episodes that made me laugh, like what's in your tennis bag, where I have a tennis bag full of everything. And so do you, Erin. We have like everything that you probably we never need. And then our friend Michelle was on who's been on a number of our episodes. So we really appreciate her doing that. But she doesn't even have a tennis bag. No, she just rolls up to the court with her uh, racket. And sometimes usually she comes in her flip flops. So she carries her um, her shoes on, right? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Even if it's winter, I think she rolls up with, you know, racket, her flip flops, her pocketbook, her purse. Yeah, she's just out there to have fun. I love it. It makes me laugh uh-huh. so hard because like you, I have I have a an eight racket bag or something. And I <laughs> I have two rackets, so I legitimately need room for more than one. But right. I use it for like you know, sometimes I do put my shoes in it or extra clothes. Like, you know, you and I change at the end of a match or practice. Sometimes, you know, I'll practice and then run around, do errands the rest of the day. So I tend to, so my bag is huge. And then Michelle has like, just her racket and her flip flops. Just a racket. But it made me realize I don't need all the stuff that I have, you yeah. know, so it is kind of interesting. But she also made me laugh in another episode, uh, which she did with our friend Wendy, which is who you should be afraid of playing adult recreational tennis. And I remember Wendy saying we should be very afraid of the people in braces because 
Like you know, they've been not not mouth braces. <laughs> oh yes, 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 yeah, like a knee brace. Yes, because you know they've been playing. They're willing to get injured. You know, right. <laughs> that made me laugh. Well, and it also makes me think, you know, they're probably going to not move around. I always say, like, I run around on the court sometimes like an idiot with, like, I would hate to see myself on film because I probably just run around with, like, with my head cut off. Um, And then I see people like that with braces that are, like, just standing still. And then you feed them one wrong ball and they are just putting it away without even moving. And here I am running, you know, like burning a ton of calories and out of breath, having to sit down between, you know, games. And they're just like, no big deal. Just put the ball away. <laughs> yes. That's going to be us one day. Yes. Yes. It's going to be us yes, one day. One day. Uh, she also, Wendy also did one with us on awkward things people say at changeovers or during the match in adult recreational tennis. And um, it's made me stop saying, I'm sorry at the end of a match where I lose badly. I've started not saying that and just saying, good match. You played great. Now you say, did you know I have a tennis podcast? (laughs) (laughs) That's right. I do normally say that. Yeah. And then they say, what's a podcast? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But I'm actually excited for 2022, which I mean, I'm not, not that I'm so excited about 2022, but I'm excited about spring starting again, because even though we're still in a pandemic and we did start this during the pandemic at the beginning, um, I feel like we have so much new material coming and we're going to have to write down all those awkward things that people say. And we will have many multiple episodes about that kind of stuff because, you know, people are just different personality. Everyone just has a different personality. So they tend to say some weird thing that we at least the things that we think are weird. So yeah, and it's not right or wrong. It's just different. So. It's just different. Yeah, exactly. But we also had Rachel on the podcast a number of times, yeah. one of our very good friends named Rachel. And she gave a lot of great advice. And we had her on for what not to say to your doubles partner. Mm-hmm. And I remember that she was saying, you know, don't say watch the line. Like they know that people know that and also not to give unsolicited advice. Right. Again, we're going to have plenty of new material in 2022 because it does tend to happen. It just depends on who your partner is or, you know, who your opponent is. But yeah, Rachel gave really good advice. She also gave a lot of really good captain advice. Yes. Like, yes, we, I feel like we talked a lot of sometimes our episodes would start out one topic and then Rachel and I would like tirade into what it means to be a captain. Um, Yes. So those those were some really good ones, too. Yeah, I think which you guys did the one on exchanging lineups, which I'm so glad I'm not a captain after listening to you guys talking yeah. about that. But um, I thought the part about you have to write it down, make the other team yes. write it down. Don't just give them your lineup. I thought that was yeah. really good. Yeah. And we have to remember our own advice because, you know, the reason why we even talked about that was because her and I have both had situations where, you know, we just thought, oh, this is just a casual match. We'll just, you know, kind of scribble it at the last minute or whatever. And now like Rachel always comes with it on her phone typed out. And that's usually what I do too. Um, I used to print out the paperwork that you can get like off the USTA website, um, you know, and write it like physically write it down. But Rachel's right. You can just type it in your notes, but you, I do not show my phone to someone until I'm sure that their lineup is ready because people have switched their lineups on me before, like mid switch, which is crazy. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, that is. It is. That's adult recreational tennis for you. Mm-hmm. We've also had a lot of former athletes on our podcast mm-hmm. different that play different sports. We've had Carla a number of times who is fantastic. 
And I really like all the advice. I feel like Carla is very wise. Like she, yes. nothing that anyone does to her on the tennis court bothers her. Yeah. And she always, I mean, she was telling me I need to have a lot of grace for other people. Like we're not robots out there. People yeah. make mistakes and that's part of the game. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, you know, we always joke about like I've come across several players that were former volleyball players. I'm like, yep, yep. I know that. I know that shot because yes. my friend Carla has it. Um, yes. The other athlete that we had on that her episodes were really popular and we really enjoyed talking to Melanie. Um, yes. You know, she was a, um, you know, she learned tennis very early on and then really didn't play it much. Um, you she know, lacrosse until, all America. Yeah. Yeah. She, she very was very, athletic. very successful in other sports, but didn't come back to tennis until she was an adult, which, you know, that really is like our audience is that's, that's like the perfect thing, right? Either maybe not played as a kid and came back to it, but just that adult tennis rec player. And she just embodies that of, you know, being an athlete. And, you know, she went away from the sport for years and was a mom and raised kids. And now she's back playing and playing very well. Yes. And I remember she said, you have to be comfortable with crazy, like out there <laughs> on the tennis court. And it made me think about it a little bit different that, yeah, we that's right. On the tennis court. Yes. That says yeah, comfortable with crazy. Yeah. The other thing she said that really did like change my mentality a little bit, because there is a part of me, I have very young kids that feels guilty for leaving to go and play tennis. And she was said, absolutely not, that it's mm -hmm. very good for your children to see you go and play a sport. Um, and compete, so I, yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah to compete so as an great. adult. Yeah, we've talked about that. Like, this is why tennis is such a good sport for adults, because we don't have a lot of other competition, you know, in our lives. I mean, other than like, you know, maybe with business or, you know, something like that. But like, as far as having a sport as an adult where you can go out and compete and Man, how many people I, I know, like I'm kind of jumping ahead to the towards the end of our year, which we just did several weeks ago. But we talked to, um, you know, people as adults are playing tennis, winning playoffs, winning states or sectionals or whatever you call it in your region going on to nationals, like we're spending money on the sport to take it to another level. At the end of the day, we're still coming home and we're parents or, yes. you know, whatever, you know, coming home to your family or whatever. But the fact that we can go out and travel to different cities around the country and continue to grow in the sport, I just, I don't think, I never thought when I started out as a 2-5 that that was part of playing adult rec tennis was to be able to travel to Oklahoma or, yes. you know, like to, to the national tournament. It's just very cool. Yeah, we had Amanda on that talked about winning the national mm -hmm. tournament that she won for both 18 and over and 40 and over. And we had Megan, who I thought was absolutely fantastic, who oh, won as well, who won, I think she won North Carolina and went on to sectionals. Uh -huh. And then we also had Austin, who won for 3-0 men. And I feel like I learned so much talking to the captains. And the thing I yes. think I learned the most was that, and I wish every captain would do this, which is... Set the lineup ahead of time. Have a Before plan. Before you leave, have a plan. Yes. Mm -hmm. So true. Because that makes it so much easier for the people actually playing to know, yeah. I'm going to play at this day and this mm -hmm. time, no matter and what. You know, what's funny about that, too, is my most successful captaining, like teams that I've captained that made it um, both our 3-5 before you and I got bumped, both our 3-5 
uh, 18 over and 40 over went to states in the same weekend. And so it kind of forced us to have a plan because, you know, we needed X amount of players at six different courts or, you know, whatever it was. It was a lot of, you know, strategical, you know, things that we had to figure out ahead of time. But we also had the most success at that. We actually won states at, you know, one of our teams won states, um, but we had all the lineup set. And then I think back to the years that I went, you know, either as a player or as a captain and had less success than that year was um, we went into it with maybe a lineup or two figured out, but then we were going to see how things went. And you've been to states where that happened. And that just, it makes for everyone, the captain, is stressed because she or he is trying to make decisions on the fly as opposed to having a plan. And then it feelings really get hurt. Everybody's yep, feelings yep. get mm-hmm. hurt. Yeah. And it's worse for the players that aren't the captain because they have no idea what's going on. So I uh, agree with you a hundred percent. And when, not if, but next time we make it to States, I will take all the advice from Megan, Austin, Amanda. Um, yeah, they did it right for sure. They all did yes. it. Very, very well. At least with Amanda, she said she had designated singles players and designated doubles players. And also the doubles players play with the same people over and over again. I felt like I kept hearing that from all the captains we talked to is -hmm. that you had a set partner, which I want to do that. I think that's really good advice. I agree. Now that I'm thinking back what worked for us and then talking to the the captains that really were successful – that, that does seem to be the magic, the winning combo. Yes. And I also, so if other oh, captains remember, listen to this, hopefully they'll take that. Please do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I remember also Austin mentioned that if you get the choice when you spin the racket to receive the serve, yeah. if that matters to you, um, if your serve's a big serve or you win your serve a lot, it may be better to receive since you only have a short warm up. Right. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. That is really good advice. Another person that I really enjoyed speaking with was Angela. And Angela, I was gonna say. do you want to give a little background on her yeah. And she's like the most amazing person ever. Yes, yes. Carolyn and I knew Angela from different walks of life. Carolyn knew her from basketball and I knew her from our daughter's playing volleyball. And she has kind of dabbled in playing tennis for a while, but finally um, started playing, got on a team, started doing quads, and then got on a team, a really successful uh, 2-5 team in the fall. And they went all the way... They went all the way to States. She unfortunately got hurt um, right before they went to States and didn't do that. But she came on with us and she had some great questions. Not that we're, we always say we're not experts and we don't know the answer, but we've been playing a lot longer than her. And so her questions, not that we a hundred percent knew the right answer, but at least it was fun to just kind of like kick those questions around. Like, what kind of balls do you use? And um, what? Why do people know, call the score differently? Fifteen why, yeah. versus five. You know things that I really had never thought about. We before. just kind of take for granted, yeah, or, yeah. or don't think about because it just comes natural. Yeah. Why do people call the score out strangely? Um, what types of different surfaces do people play on? Um, yeah, she had some really good questions. It was fun to do a couple episodes with her. Yes, we kind of had a bonus episode with Angela, although she was, you know. Uh, not making her the star of the show at all, but we had on um, a woman, Judy, who was featured in a film that uh, Angela put together, a documentary film that Angela put together. And she, Judy, is um, an 85-year-old, 90-year-old. She may be 90 now. She's in a show called uh, that Angela made called Granny's Got Game. (laughs) Right. Yes. It was her basketball documentary. Um, But 
Judy is still playing tennis at her age. In fact, I see her once in a while and I always talk to her and she just had an amazing background, really good. I, Carolyn, you asked her a question like, how do you get up and continue to play the next day? Like when you're not feeling well or you're injured? Cause Judy has had many injuries over the years. Um, and I think you learned a lot that episode. Cause what did she tell you? She basically said, you just do it. And yeah. it is, you know, like there's many days where I know I don't feel like playing and I don't even have an injury. And so it is kind of interesting to hear that, that we should never complain about anything. I think yeah. it's what we came after that episode. Aaron and I were talking about that. We have nothing to complain about. We're so lucky to be able to play. And if mm-hmm. she's still doing it with the pains that she may have, then we really, we shouldn't be complaining. Yeah. We should just get out yeah. there and do it no matter what. Yes, exactly. And I think we learned the same type of thing over and over again from people because, you know, hearing from Judy, hearing her story, knowing her age and that she's getting up every day and going back out there, um, you know, because that's what motivates her. It's um, We also talked to Laura um, about... Waking we, it. We, yeah. We talked Laura to her Waking. about, yeah, about awards, but it was... The episode was people doing great things through tennis. Yes. And I think that's the, um, you know... It, Every time I'm out playing, I'm reminded of that, you know, that we are healthy, healthy enough to be out there good day or bad day in tennis. I mean, from a perspective of playing, like I've had several bad days lately, but then there was a time where I was like, oh, I can't, I can do no wrong. But also just like knowing how many people out there are playing tennis and then like they might have like a fundraiser tournament or, you know, like she's a big champion for wheel wheelchair tennis and, um, you know, just all kinds of like really good programs that they use tennis as the mechanism for the message, which is, you know, live life to its fullest. I mean, they have like a cancer survivor um, tournament and they're just – just the sport in general, it doesn't need to just be about playing USTA competitive matches or just practicing with your friends, but it's like appreciation for being healthy enough to be out there. Yes, that it's such a privilege and that tennis really can change people's lives. We had mm-hmm. Julie Dick on the podcast too, who is the executive director of the Raleigh Tennis Association. And you could tell just how passionate she was about tennis as well. So you meet all these people like Laura, like Julie that are just so passionate about tennis and like what they are able to do with tennis to affect people's lives. And it is really cool. Yeah, I agree. We had um, several USTA um, people on too. Um, We had Liz and Alicia. Um, I really enjoyed talking to them because Liz runs the championships, right? The national championships. Yes. And um, Alicia. I can't imagine doing that. I know. I think I said at the time it was like worse than trying to put a wedding together. You know, I think, what was it, like 1,500 teams or something? Um, And then uh, Alicia runs the Next Generation, I guess, initiatives through USTA. The other person we had on was Marilyn Sherman, um, who's the promotions manager, the USTA national promotions manager. But we heard from our friend, our now friend, Amanda, that um, Marilyn was at the national uh, championships as well, um, you know, helping Liz and everybody else run those. And I have to say, I'm really impressed after hearing from Amanda how much USTA does at those big tournaments. Like they had a photographer, they dressed up in different colors. Like they had a really cool award. Yeah, arm bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their their awards looked like 
the U.S. Open Awards, like the plates, the silver platters. Like there, it's just I'm really impressed with you know the 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 stuff that they that USTA puts on. Speaking of Maryland, we also learned from Marilyn Sherman and Danny Broadstreet about the different ways you can register for teams now, which I do actually. What was it that you said it was like, Aaron? You said it was like tennis. Oh, dating. tennis dating. <laughs> it's like a tennis does, dating app. But it does open things up so that if you don't have a team, if you're listening right now yeah. in a certain area and you don't have a team that you can go on and register and become yeah. part of the team. I just told someone about that yesterday. And I have told verbally told several people about that when they because, you know, now we're in the season of I mean, it's late December. Um, I think we can start registering for USTA teams January 1st, at least in our area. And um, just yesterday, someone was talking about um, that they were looking for a couple more players for one of their 55 and over teams. And I said, did you know that USTA you can, you know, register your team come January 1st and you can have like an open you can leave your team open for people to join. Um, and that's why I said it was like a dating app because it's like, you know, looking to mingle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's great. That's yeah. great. Um, the uh, Oh, and I forgot to mention this person. So I absolutely love rules. I want to know yes, what the rule is. You do. I do. I like, and I like very clear rules, but when they're not clear, yes. I know who to go to, which is Rebel Good. He's officiated tennis for 30 years. He does the stump the up section for Western Wake Tennis Association. And I learned a lot from him um, from those episodes. And I hope if you're listening that you'll go and check those out if you haven't listened, because I really, you know, I we've been playing for 10 years and he made it so the rule's very clear in a lot of situations, because I think there's a lot of gray area. Yeah, I agree. His, uh, I need to go back and listen to those episodes to tell you the truth. Um, <laughs> but he did because he did break it down. I mean, some of them were really confusing, what seemed really confusing. And he broke it down to be very simple. Like he, he made us answer the question from like a common sense perspective. But I think if you're out on a tennis court and you're trying to solve it, you know, it gets like he, I think one of the things he said was, um, people, make up their own rules because they don't yes. actually know. Um, yes. And so I think it is good to go back and listen to those because we did ask him, you know, some of those wacky questions, but he just made it very clear. Like, you know, he would, he would just made us think about it and and kind of quizzed us on what the right answer was. And most of the time, I think we came up with the right answer. But my favorite quote from him was, um, oh, I'm going to say it wrong, but it was to summarize, it was something like, the bedrock of, or the something of adult yeah, the tennis. Bedrock of adu- yeah, the bedrock adult of tennis, adult recreation tennis, adult is tennis is courtesy. Courtesy. I love that because, you know, there's a lot of times that there's not courtesy given. And, you know, when it comes to rules and people think they know the rule, but don't, don't actually know the rule, then, you know, that's when there tends to, you know, fights break out, people start arguing. Um, but yeah, he was, he was fantastic on that. We really appreciate everyone who has listened to our podcast and especially the guests for being willing to share their stories. We are having a great time doing this and hope to continue to do it for a long time. We also appreciate everyone who has rated us wherever you listen to your podcast. And for people that have sent us emails, I'd like to give a quick shout out to Sarah from Minnesota and Joe from Illinois, who recently wrote us some really nice emails. If you'd like to read the Stump the Ump column from Rebel Good, you can go to our website, which is secondsirpodcast.com under the resources section. Also, if you know of any other ratings websites other than the ones we have listed on the resources section, please let us know. Thanks so much for listening and hope to see you on the court soon.